This is Thor Ackerlin, and welcome to Video Game Bullshit. This is Jeffrey Wittenhagen. I'm an author of multiple gaming books, including collector's guides for both the Nintendo and Super Nintendo. I'm a huge fan of action RPGs like The Legend of Zelda and obscure systems like the Neo Geo and TurboGrafx-16. And we've got guys. Hey, hey. I'm big into uh, No Death Runs, High Score Runs, uh, collector of all things vintage and retro. Uh, pretty much anything video game related. I also collect figures, vinyl, VHS, tap handles, old beer signs, and old beer steins. Please call our number, leave a voicemail or a text message at 262-264-VGBS. Sis, the ever-controversial Double Dragon 4. Fuck yeah. Yeah, so Double Dragon 4 struck with controversy. It's interesting, to say the least. Very interesting. Like, um, so, just to start <laughs> things off, how, how far, how much did you play it? How far did you get in the game? I did beat the actual mission story mode. Mm -hmm. um, so I beat that through. Now, I died, um, so, you know, I think it's two missions before the last one, mission on 10 or 11, where you're going on those gears. Yep. And then you go past that section, and there's a door. Yeah. Or you can go forward. <laughs> I went into the door. <laughs> 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 that was my first total complete death. That was the first my first play. I got that nice. far, and then I realized at the start menu you could toggle and like go to the missions that you've beaten. So I was like, oh sweet. Well, that then at least for now I can just see the ending and do that and unlock, yeah. you know, what we can unlock. And then I'll, I'll mess with trying to beat it on, like, a full, you know, credit run tomorrow or whatever. So, yeah, yeah. that's that was my first experience. I got tons to talk about, though, so. Sweet. Yeah, Um. so that's interesting because that's about the same exact area I got to in my first playthrough. Okay. Um. And then <laughs> I also didn't know that you could, you know, continue from the start menu. So I, um, second playthrough, I was actually playing with Jim, uh, which Jim Wormel actually did a couple um, covers for some of the books and stuff. Really awesome artist. But he come, he he's local, so he come over and we were playing uh, Double Dragon Four. Um, this was you know a few weeks back, 
And we got to the exact same spot, and we both lost all our lives, too. Like, Yeah, man, that part's a bitch. <laughs> we were like, holy shit, because we were doing really good. And, and it was like, that's exactly the same spot. And I actually didn't know until I saw the Cinemassacre uh, James and Mike play. It wasn't James and Mike Monday or anything. It was like Jam- uh, Mike and some other dude and, the- and James. <laughs> right. Sure, yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, and they were playing it, so then they were like, oh, yeah, you can start here. And I'm like... Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> and then I went and beat it in two seconds after that because, you know. Yeah, that's that was always the only hard, the only like massively hard parts about any of the Double Dragon 1 through 4 are the, the platforming. Like, that's yeah. the only like, you, like, you can't make any like dumb mistakes. Well, it's that whole my, thing. In my opinion, like, if they didn't put that in there, it wouldn't be a double dragon, so. Now, yes. Now it's, it's like part of the whole uh, package. Gotta be. Cause, cause I mean, Super Double Dragon did not have the platforming sections. There is that, like, hold on to your butts moment where you're just like, oh, I hope we don't die. And, and like, all of them, all the games. Yeah. <laughs> so it's sure. kind of a, when you do make it, it's like, oh, yes. So there's that payoff, you know. Well, and, and that's the thing. So, like, I, I would say the first thing we need to do is probably do a little bit of paint in the wallpaper um, just to, you know, be concise. But I would say after we paint the wallpaper, we should definitely talk about all the controversy. Because there's this game has been struck with controversy. Like, like you were saying, like, everybody online's trashing it and... Like everything's like mediocre to bad reviews, and yeah. I am in the exact opposite window. This is like one of my one of my favorite releases uh, in the longest time, and it could just be because Double Dragon Two is like our bread and butter, like for me and you. And that's why it's a cool stance that we can look at it from that you know corner of our world. It just yeah. this is how it looks like from people who are you know super engrossed in the series. Yeah, so. Let's let's do the little paint, a little bit of painting here, a little bit of painting. Uh, <laughs> paint, 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 paint. So, so obviously, Double Dragon Four is a beat 'em up. Um, what it it has Technos on like all the art, but it was actually developed and published by Arc System Works. So I don't know mm-hmm. if you've heard of them before, Kyle. Um, all that I really read about was that Technos was went out of, of business, and then uh, Arc mm-hmm. System Works is more of. Um, I don't know. I don't know if they bought the rights to Technos or how that works, but like they are chalked with history. Um, Arc System Works actually is a very old system. Worked hand in hand. They were founded in 1988. Um, they they did acquire all the intellectual properties of Technos. So uh, that's what it was. Yeah, okay. but they actually worked on the Sega Master System release of Double Dragon. So that goes way back in 88. That was their really one of their first games they released. Um, they also did Rolling Thunder on the fam- family computer. Um, Codename Viper. Um, nice, nice. Yeah, like so. Those are uh, both awesome. Koru Sentai Zoranger, which is like a, um, that's basically like a, um, uh, Power Rangers type game. It's one of the Power Rangers with Sentai guys. Um, they worked on Battletoads for the Mega Drive Genesis version, mm-hmm. which is interesting, you know, because like yeah. Rare worked on the Nintendo one. Right. So, and then after that, they moved towards the newer games. They worked toward the Guilty Gear series, which is a fighting game that's like cartoonistic. 
um, and some Dragon Ball games and, and things like that. Um, and they also worked on a lot of remake games, such as Hardcore Uprising, which is basically like a new version of Contra Hardcore that was released in 2011 on PS3 and was uh, published by Konami. So they've, they're hand in hand with building nostalgia, this company. Um, and that's the thing. People just think that they like came out of nowhere and they're actually pretty chalked in, um, history with this retro style. It's not like they just jumped on the bandwagon and threw out a double dragon, you know, game. That's important to know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's extremely important because the, in my opinion, for the home ports, the master system was probably the better port of double dragon, the original. Um, so it's also inter- also interesting that when we see the game, it's heavily influenced by Double Dragon Two, as you can see it right in the character sprites. But there's a lot of Double Dragon One and Three in the game too. Yeah, it's kind of like a greatest hits and more. Exactly. Yeah. So one thing is um, now I'm reading just like off Wikipedia here um, in the development. You had immediately, as soon as they did the gameplay trailer, you had big, big name websites, you know, the game spots of the world, um, just dogging them because they wanted a graphical update, like the Double Dragon Neon series, which when they brought out Double Dragon Neon, they gave it a new, new, uh, shine, new paint, you know, new coat of paint, threw it out there. But the thing was, is they wanted this to be classic style. You could tell. The programmers are like some of the classic programmers out of Japan. Like, they just wanted it to be old school style. Like, it's, I don't know, I don't know if it's just us being, you know, old codgers, but this hit every single nostalgic um, aspect that I wanted for a Double Dragon game. It's like how, how we would have made the game. Yeah, it's like fan service. Yeah. At least for us. And it's like... Oh, exactly. Like, like everybody's just saying that it didn't age too gracefully. Like, it's the thing is though is that for people like us, it did. I don't know. Like, I I think it worked out great. Like, I don't know. What What do you think about like the the whole game itself? Really, um, from just the way that everyone's perceiving it. Hmm. I've been reading like a bunch of reviews just today and. Um, someone made a really good point. They're like, well, all Double Dragon 1, 2, and 3 all have their glaring, like, faults, you know, in in their own little way, you know, like, mm-hmm. if you want to call them that. Like, how the very first Double Dragon is, like, super hard. If you um, get hit by an, a Bobo, like, you're destroyed, you know. Yeah. He didn't say much more, but I understand the way that the hazards go. You basically have to have, mm-hmm. like, a flawless run. Well, like, Double Dragon 2 had the hazards. That was the biggest thing. Yeah, and if you, like, fuck up at one point, your whole, like, run is over. Yeah, I mean, because we would frequently be able to no-death run Double Dragon 2. Typically intoxicated, we could go through a no-death run it. But the times when we wouldn't hit the no-death run was due to the gears and all the different... Um, platforming aspects. That was typically the first time we would we would miss anything. It would be once we got to that temple area. Yeah. So he was saying like the the enemies and the challenge is unforgiving in the first Double Dragon, and it, it is really hard because if you fall on those platforms in the later levels, like you're fucked. Absolutely. That's what makes that super tough. And then for Double Dragon Two, 
you know, um, if it's kind of the same idea where if, if you, you know, you have to have a perfect run, those, uh, the guy was like, basically, Double Dragon 2, uh, amazing start, amazing start of the entire, you know, game, you, until you, the level, um, the forest level, once you beat that, then you go into the temple, and that's where the game, you know, changes, because you have to jump do the platforming and the disappearing um, platforms and shit like that, and the flames falling and stuff like that. And it's tough, you know? Mm-hmm. And there, and um, from there, then you have the gears and the little spikes and stuff, and you have to get through that, and the little conveyor belt parts. So if you can't get through those, you know, like, it's kind of like a make-or-break section. And then from there, then it gets awesome again. And you got your boss rush. The final level, and then the amazing shadow boss fights like killer shadow boss that you have. They have to play on supreme master. Yeah, and then the problem with Double Dragon Three is it's like when you die, you really die. It's not like there's yep. lives. No lives in Double Dragon Three. That made it a pain. Yeah, permadeath. So and the and the um the enemies did a lot more damage in Double Dragon Three. So. Like, when you would get surrounded, they would just, like, destroy your life. Like, it would just flow away quickly. It was ridiculous. Yeah, and so in, th- in thinking about all those, then I thought, well, Double Dragon 4 and Double Dragon 2 would probably have the most replayability. Mm-hmm. Yep. Double Dragon 3 has some sick platforming in the Egypt level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a huge gauntlet you have to go through, and it's super fun, but it's super arduous it's you know tasking it's fucking hard it's taxing it's it's tough you know and this this game uh double dragon 4 is also kind of tough in a lot of ways the way that you know they got gang gang up on you oh yeah because you have how many characters are on screen in four five or six so i yeah i actually did some some research on this so like nice. i think five or six at least in the actual Double Dragon 4, bad guys can be on the screen at a given time. Now, in Double Dragon 1, 2, and 3 for, for the NES, the amount of bad guys that can be on a screen for all three of those games at a given time is just two guys. <laughs> Only two. I, I was doing the research. I, I couldn't believe it myself. I played through it so much, but you know how we just, it's like robotic. Oh, 100% robotic. It's like, now that I think about it, it always is only two. I think maybe going back, it's going to be a cakewalk now. Now, the thing is, Master System, Double Dragon is at least three. Three. It might be four. And Super Double Dragon is four. I'm pretty sure it's four uh, bad guys on a screen. So um, they have a little more on their end. Mm Mm-hmm. But this game, you, there's like six guys. Like that was one of the big things in the reviews. But that's the thing that was funny. Like that's a skill thing, though. Like so, you're saying that you got your ass kicked and now the game's bad. Like wait a minute. Well, that's a hundred percent right. And wait a minute. <laughs> my thing is, is that now Double Dragon Two. Uh-huh. In order to pull off these special moves, it was an art. You literally, yeah. like, to jump, you had to press two buttons together. In order to do the hurricane kick, you had to press two buttons and perfectly time it at the top of your, you know, jump to do the hurricane kick. In order to do the knee, it was a mythological freaking move back in the day because 
you literally have to do it while you're kneeing when you're down. The perfect timing to do a jump so that way you're and press to press toward the guy and you would be able to pull off the knee every once in a while. We got it down to an art where we could do it consistently, but most people like could barely saw it once in their life. And this game is different. <laughs> This game, like, number one, the jump button is its own button. Mm -hmm. That makes a big difference. Yes. Because then there's never a time you're going to miss a jump. Nope. Um, the, the other thing is, is you can literally pull off infinite knees in a row. Because if you press it while you're down, it, it has a very, like, broad timing span where you can do a knee. You can do a knee over and over and over again. The thing is, though... The AI is smarter in this game, yes. where if you're doing a knee, typically they're going to counteract you if you try to do two knees in a row. Yeah. Which is awesome, because it's not going to let you spam. I appreciate that. But I still was able to figure out the AI to the point where they could barely touch me, because the hurricane kick is still, like, uh, like ultimate to me. Like, dude, pulling off a hurricane, as soon as you knock down any character, you time when they get up with a hurricane kick every time, and then they're done. The hyper knee is definitely much easier to pull off. The thing is, you can't turn around without stopping. No, you cannot. That's huge, though. Like, yeah. so even if you hold right while you're kneeing to the left, it'll still keep left. Yes, yes, it will. You have to, you have to turn around and do another jump before you can do a hyper knee to the other way. Yep. That had to be done on purpose just to limit, you know, your freedom. <laughs> well, uh, well, otherwise it would just be too Insane. overpowered. And um, yeah. now, now you only play this in single player, right? Yeah. So what we need to do, because, you know, we are going to hang out for Midwest Gaming Classic, we need to start pulling some double player because you can do combos where I knee them into you and you knee them back at me. And go crazy and just test it. Yeah, because we like, because Jim is all right at the game. He's not near like my or your level, but he's still pretty good. But we only pulled off like one or two combos. Um, typically, while you're beating on the dudes, if you do that little kick knee thing that you can do while you're doing a, a, a combo, you can pull it a hyper knee out of that. So you can do like a double combo and make them go flying, which is pretty awesome. Um, did you figure out how to do the um, drill headbutt? Oh yeah, so it's basic. Yeah, so um, that actually leads to a perfect. So the moves are like amazing. Yes, satisfying too. Just as satisfying as Double Dragon too. Yeah, and so in the first Double Dragon, you would get hearts and upgrades. So you started with just the headbutt was the first heart, mm -hmm. and then you would earn more. So then you got the uh, jump kick. And, you know, eventually you would get, like, the roundhouse kick. I would always call it the dragon kick. But So this game has the back elbow. Back in the day in Double Dragon 1, that's what you used to kill a Bobo. You, yep. Once you got the back elbow, I think, like, four or five back elbows. He was so fucking hard in the first Double Dragon, it was like, oh, no. Yeah, you would have to lead in the slaughter to be able to injure him. And that elbow would allow you to not have to turn around. Right, and it, they also include the roundhouse kick, um, which is the last heart you get in the first Double Dragon. It's I always call it the dragon kick. It's basically a jumping roundhouse kick, and you don't have to unlock them with points. Right? Yeah, you just it's like move combinations, but and there's also this headbutt. And while you're doing the headbutt, which is also from the first Double Dragon, but while you're doing the headbutt, if you 
hit either um, kick, punch, or jump. Any th- of the three, you'll do a drill move that's like a diagonal uh, torpedo kind of M. Bison style move. While I was playing it, I reminisced back to Raphael from Turtles 3, the Manhattan Project on the NES. Oh, yeah. His special move was the drill thing. That's what I. That's completely what I was thinking of when he'd do it. Now this, I have to know, like, so I used Steam, and I want to say just as far as Steam, super simple experience. Just yeah. log in, it's free, and this game was 7 bucks. PayPal, I already have, you know, eBay and all that shit already set up, so boom, there we go. Yeah, and this is coming from somebody who, Kyle only plays retro. Well, he got a new laptop, literally downloaded Steam while we were messing around, testing out this uh, the way that we're doing the Discord with uh, people able to interact with us live here in chat now while we record. And, um, like, you literally downloaded it in, like, seconds. It's so easy. And the cool thing is, it goes on your desktop as an icon, so it's like any other game. You just click on your desktop and you're playing it. Oh, yeah, like, you don't have to, like, load the Steam thing if you don't want to. Yeah. yeah That's what really impressed me. Super cool. It, like, is its own thing. Um, but, yeah, so I used a PS2 clone USB controller. Nice. And the thing is, you can assign all three of those moves, the back elbow, the roundhouse kick, and the headbutt, to just one button. Yeah. So I assigned the three back bumpers now Mm -hmm. for each of those. Now what I do wish is they had one more move for the fourth bumper. That could have been a block or a catch, like in Super Double Dragon, where a guy would punch and you could catch it. Or... If you were fighting one guy, you could catch the guy who was trying to punch you from behind you. Yeah, And then kick the shit out of him. Um, So I wish they would have had that. That's one thing I wish they would have put in there. But what can you do, you know? I mean, the thing is, is if this thing would have gotten a lot of positive reception, they might have done, like, a DLC add-on or something. But it's getting crapped on by the community, so I doubt they're going to spend any time into it, which is unfortunate, because this really is an excellent game. Um, So, I was using... um, I've played it on both. I played it on PS4 first, and then when you installed it, I installed it, and I played it a little bit in Steam. um, And both were super easy. My, um, I actually just got a... Which is a pretty cool segue. Today, um, the X91 was released. And it was basically a Hyperkin plug-in controller for the Xbox One, but it also works with Windows. Okay. And it looks like a Super Nintendo controller, but has the two analog sticks like Xbox or PS2 controller, and has the D-pad. It's like Super Nintendo style and sized. And then it has all the bumpers, too. It's really cool. It's like a Super Nintendo brand new controller. Like, it's it looks awesome. I got a red version of it. Um, haven't gotten to try it out to see how comfortable it is yet because I literally got it today and I've been pretty busy with family stuff all day. Uh, before this, though, I was using an Xbox 360 controller, a really tiny one that I got um, from, I think it was like a Goodwill or something. And it's, it's even smaller than the X91 that I got, but it's just like a little small green controller that I use and press a button in the back and it like lights up. All the buttons light up and stuff, which is pretty cool. But, um, yeah, I like the really smaller controllers for when I do PC gaming for some reason. I don't know why. It's just 
You know, that's how it is. I, I like, and I like to plug in ones too, so I don't have to worry about batteries. I hate worrying about batteries. <laughs> oh yeah, that's the worst. Yeah. So what's interesting is on the PS4, the two um, bumpers they actually put with two of the special moves, and I think it was like the Y or the triangle button, the top button was the other special move. It was either that one or the circle B button was the special move, but it was on the face was the third special move. So the other two triggers, you know, the ones that are actually like triggers, those two weren't utilized for the actual default mapping on the game. So I'm not sure, like, maybe they never planned it, like you are saying. Well, I was reading the instruction manual on Steam, and, like, you can do the um, that back elbow roundhouse kick in the headbutt with, like, Street Fighter-type combinations. Yes, you can. So, so the Kyle Fuchsia style, you actually talked how to do the um, the drilling headbutt. We actually were just using the punch to be able to do the drilling headbutt by, like, tapping toward and punch really fast when you come out of a jump. <laughs> like, that's how we were doing it, and I think it had to have been, like, a combination of buttons, but we couldn't figure it out, but it would work when we would do it like that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, just give me a few hours with it. I pretty much got it figured out. Exactly, and it's pretty hilarious. So, you can still do the classic jump kick from, like, Double Dragon 1. How I'd recommend to do it, though, is to jump and then punch while you're in the air, not kick. Because if you jump and kick, if you're at the peak of your kick, you're going to do a hurricane kick. If you want to do a jump kick and get it every single time and not worry about the fact that there is, you know, another algorithm in the middle of that, then all you have to do is jump and punch. So that's my recommendation, my pro tip for the, the jump kick. I typically would always do the um, hurricane kick a lot and just spam it because typically the AI would, like, run into you. <laughs> that leads into the hurricane kick, which they call it the spin kick in the manual. It's so weird. Weird. They call the uh, the hyper knee the high jump kick. No, it's hyper knee. <laughs> and uh, the hyper uppercut. I'm not sure what they call the hyper uppercut in Double Dragon 2. Uh, we always just call it the uppercut. So those are all here. You can pretty much hit them all like whenever you want. You just keep pressing the button. I don't know if I didn't try holding the button down and just seeing if that worked too. I would just press the button and it would like hit the hyper knee when I wanted it to. Yeah, it would like easily hit the hyper knee every time. Did you try um, holding the button down at all? Um, no, I never tried holding the button down because I, I um I have it ingrained in my psyche that when I when when you get down in your kneeling position, you press toward and the jump button or toward and the kick button to do the hyper knee. So I always just do that. So I, I already do it like that already. So I just don't even think about it. And there's something else hidden. Uh, Billy and Jimmy both have a unique move. Uh, the jump elbow for Billy. If you hold punch and then press toward, uh, you'll do it. And then there's an axe kick for Jimmy. You hold kick and then toward, you'll do it. There's also like other ways to do it in the manual. I don't think I've ever seen. I don't think I saw those when I was playing. It's interesting. Yeah, there's like so many little things in this game, and my favorite thing was doing the uh, roundhouse dragon kick move, and yes. then from there you could do the hyper knee. When you landed? That was the combo I was talking about earlier. Exactly. That's fucking unbelievable. <laughs> Man, that's like so satisfying because when you hit 
the one move you already know the next move's coming. So there's that like guarantee like receipt. I love it. <laughs> the receipt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> want, want a receipt with that purchase? It's <laughs> amazing. <laughs> it's so satisfying too. It's great. Yeah, so it still is. A lot of people were saying that it wasn't, but they were getting ganged up on. I would just recommend trying to like segment either get the guys grouped up or like segment your battles, like knock knock, you know, the the big guy down and then take the little guys. Being pretty proficient in Double Dragon 3 is essential for this game for the gang-up portion because that's what happens in Double Dragon 3. And basically, you have to use that technique because if you when you move up and down in Double Dragon 3, you can kind of lead them to you to hit a hurricane kick. That's kind of how I would do it, is I would kind of lead them to me, move up or down. If you go all the way down to the bottom, you typically miss them. They won't follow you to the very bottom of the screen, but one pixel up and you can still get them. And so basically, I would just lead them, and whoever would get hit by the hurricane kick, then I concentrate on whoever's left to knock them down. And then hopefully, I can get them down quick enough to where I can go back and hurricane kick the other guys, and just keeping guys down. It's it's a, it's an art to get it down right quickly, but um, it's very doable in Double Dragon Four. Like it it it's very generous game for combat wise, honestly, comparatively to the older games. Yeah, I think the best example is that sumo guy. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. It, so if you even give him, you know, a little leeway, you destroy his butt. He's real slow, and he doesn't have, like, a long-range attack or anything. So mm-hmm. if you just get below him or above him and let him come up to you yep. and then just punch him when he gets in your, you know, your field, your plane, then, then like, 99% of the time you're good. Well, he's one of those that once you knock him down... If you time it right and get him with any hyperney, you can keep hyperneying him over and over and over again because he'll go flying. You catch up to him, hyperney, hyperney, and he gets up right at and tries to attack you, but you hyperney him perfectly every time. That's a pro tip right there. There we go. Yeah, you literally can get him stuck in a hyperney combo. Whereas some of the other guys, even the ropers, which I don't even know what they're called in this game, but I call them ropers. They're roper. Don't underestimate them. Um, ropers and and um, and abobos and a lot of those guys, they just they will not fall into that path. They'll they'll counteract you and knock your ass down. Ropers are tough. It's tough. I want to rely on the hypernix. I love that move, and you can't. That's the only. That would be my only complaint is that I, I wish I could hypernate them more. Yeah, when <laughs> I was like, oh, there's a roper, and but then he they got those fast punches, super fast punches. What about the red ropers? Red ropers that are throwing millions of those fucking ball and chains at you. Yep. Oh those chains. You get, so whenever I see like a roper now, I go for him first. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They're, they're actually probably the most dangerous thing when you're playing the story mode. That's crazy. Yeah, like I didn't expect that. Mm-mm. Well, them and then the two females at the end shooting you, just taking out tons of life if they hit you with a gun. Oh, yeah. And you got to fight the little sumo guy at the same time for like no reason. Yeah. He was the last guy when I was playing. I killed everyone else because he's just hanging out on the beach. It was hilarious. That, that would be my main um, my main thing is is that there was no epic final battle like you had in Double Dragon Two. Like you literally fight the two females, and the story leads to that. But like you literally fight them, and 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 as you said, like they're typically weaker. 
So then you're not even fighting them at the very end. Like the end of Double Dragon Two, man, you got the Shadow Boss, and he's just a badass. That's hard to top. It's so epic too with yeah. the music when it pops in, and you know you're about to win. It's like whoa. I, I was expecting that to happen. Like you knocked out those females, beat whoever's left, and then all of a sudden the screen goes black and he pops out with the classic music or something. That would have been freaking icing on the cake. <laughs> yeah, man. I think that's like the most satisfying boss battle of all time because when you beat him, it turns black and white, like freezes. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's so sick, dude. So you said you, you beat the game. Did you play the tower mode at all? Uh, I just messed around with it for a little bit, and I didn't beat more than a few of the little sequences, uh, but I was looking up how far you can go into it. There's like a 100 levels. First time I played, I got to level, I think, 21. And what I thought was cool is as you play the story mode, you unlock all the characters that you fight in the game in the duel mode, which is like the classic two-player versus mode, like from Double Dragon 1. And I thought that was awesome. I was like, yes, you could finally play some of the guys. Well, I went through tower mode, and I, got, I guess I got pretty far because I unlocked characters, but you unlock characters for story mode. So, like, I literally, after I did that, I went through and I started playing through the story mode as a Bobo, like running through, and, like, it was amazing. That makes the game, like, redonkulous. Yeah, and, you know, I happen to go, all right, so who else do you unlock? So I look, and at 30, 35, all that, you start unlocking the characters from Double Dragon 3. Yeah, um, 30. Yeah. At 40, you unlock the freaking Shadow Master from Double Dragon 2, and I'm like, oh my god, that's going to be amazing when that happens. Like, oh, I just wonder if you got to fight him, too. I hope so. <laughs> well, people were saying, um... What happens at 100? Yeah, you get tro- you get like a platinum, you get a trophy, and you get yeah. like platinum status or something. Well, that's like PS4. There's uh, trophies that you earn as you beat stuff. You can unlock things, and once you get platinum, that means you've done everything in the game. Okay. So that's typically how they do it. So I don't know if they- is there any other characters that are unlockable past forty. Nah, I don't think so. I think it starts to repeat after that. I was reading they have like a game FAQ discussion on it. Someone yeah. also said if you go on the very borders of the screen, like up or down, three enemies on the screen or less, they can't hit you. And really? they, they said once there's a fourth enemy, then they can hit you. It's like a weird glitch or something. I have no idea. Um, weird. You have to test it out. But they said, like, that that's your friend. You just have to, like, hide in there and then spam. The other thing they said, use, like, projectiles if you have, like, grenades or... Shurukens or whatever. Yeah, so certain certain characters, um, instead of giving you the elbow or the uh, headbutt, you'll have a grenade or something like that. I think the Lindas might have a grenade. For sure, yeah, they, they do. Yeah. Someone was saying, use the Lindas, and if you hit a guy, they'll die like immediately in the tower mode. And it refreshes your grenades every screen. Yeah, so when the sumo guy comes, you can just kill him in one hit, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to test it. Yeah, and you just got to time him. So I think you get like 10 to 20 grenades. So basically, you got a lot of ammo to try to kill him out. And if it refreshes every screen, it's too easy. Yeah, and the YouTube video that I watched, they use the um, the master kung fu guy. There's like the tall kung fu guy that you fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how he does that like shield move where he when you attack him and it's like wow 
Oh, yeah. And then he gets, like, invincible, and that's how you span the tower. Once you get that guy, you just do that to everybody, and they <laughs> die immediately. <laughs> so they were spamming it on, on YouTube, and it was hilarious. So so if we don't do it before we hang out in, in another month here, because it is only, like, a month away, which is crazy. Um, uh uh-huh. <laughs> Like yeah. we'll, we'll we'll have to get past. We'll make it our goal to unlock Shadow Boss so we can double Shadow Boss through the game. <laughs> well, yeah. And someone else was saying they thought it was impossible to beat the entire tower like f- with single player, but I think someone does have it on YouTube now. Of course, it, it's, it's definitely not impossible. I mean, I think it's doable for us to do it legitimately. Well, with two players, it'd be amazing though. So yeah. that leads me to the other big gripe is um, people are saying. There's no excuse for no online support multiplayer. Mm-hmm. That would be amazing if they had that, though. Well, I mean, yeah, that's in this day and age, it's um, it's a standard trope. Like you, you gotta start offering online things because, I mean, it's just what people expect now. I mean, me being an old codger, I'm okay with it because I don't play online too often. You too, but um, I mean. If it works easily, unlike other stuff where you have to, like, set up fucking servers and crazy shit. Like, if we could just link up and play online together, we wouldn't have to wait a month. We could we could do it tonight after the podcast. Yeah, that's It'd the be thing. Awesome. Um, I heard, uh, th- talking full circle, that the Nintendo Switch that's coming out, which will be out in, like, a fucking week. But when the Nintendo Switch is going to apparently have online multiplayer for Nintendo and Super Nintendo games. Okay. That's, that's amazing. Pretty fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's how they're gonna get people because Right. Like, that's a good like, idea. PS4, Xbox One, when you sign up for their online services, you get a free game every month or games now, and you get to keep them forever. As long as you have the service you can play them. Nintendo uh-huh. said you get it for the month, and then you got to either buy it or give it back. So you get like a rental for the month. Okay. But if it's online multiplayer, so say we could play I don't Double Dragon Two online multiplayer, like I'll fucking buy that so we can play online if we both have it. You know what I mean? Like or anybody's like that want to play that shit. That would right. be amazing. Like yeah. that's just playing that. That's giving breathing new life into old franchises, which is excellent. Um, and that's where they kind of messed up by not offering online multiplayer was that basically they could have breathed new life into this franchise. And the fact that you have six guys on the screen, enemies, they could have made this a three or four player game like Ninja Turtles. Like they could have because there's so many enemies. Like we used to we're used to two. Two on two. You know what I mean? So if you have six guys once you unlock all the guys, once you when you beat the game, it's kind of like Fire Pro Wrestling in a way. Yeah, I definitely thought of that because it's just an overabundance of awesomeness that like nobody knows about or nobody like understands. Now the game <laughs> size was tiny when we installed it on Windows, so it's it's not like they couldn't go back um, and do a DLC and unlock four player mode online. Like I don't. There's no reason why they couldn't do that now. Of course, they missed the boat of you know mass adoption from the masses to play it. But if they threw that in there, then you know nobody could complain. Yeah, but they still would. <laughs> and it was seven bucks on Steam. I mean, come on, seven dollars. How much was it on PS4? Same thing. 
seven dollars man cool, cool. i i bought it on both because it was seven dollars like i don't ever buy digital stuff like hardly ever but i was like well double dragon four i gotta do it um i literally if i didn't know it was on steam till we looked last week like i literally was going to um bring my ps4 so we could play it in april so the fact that you were able to get it in like seconds is excellent because then i don't have to bring the ps4 with me so then we can just play online which is that's super cool. It's a big uh, issue that we don't have to worry about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. It makes things a little simpler for for me for coming out. That's what shows how excited you were to play it. <laughs> like, I'm fucking bringing this shit. <laughs> exactly. Well, and I know it's for us. Yeah. <laughs> right. It is. It's, it's, this game is literally for us. Like, made for the, the, the renegades, the, <laughs> the outsiders. Yes. other things i mean so many things to note like there's two music types so you can do normal or like retro i don't even know what normal is like i never played it with normal like i've only played it with retro first time i played through i played through on retro and then uh second time i was messing around with it on normal it's basically like synth midi style like computer you know style music okay then there's the retro, which is awesome. So you can choose between, like, the, it's like newer, more modern, but the songs are um, the same song that's just reworked, modernized, or retroized. So I still definitely uh, recommend the, the, the retro. But it's cool they have both, you know. Absolutely gotta do the, uh, the retro. Like,. <laughs> I mean, it, start, it starts off with the classic ding 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 
the, if you do like the hair pull move on someone, mm-hmm. they like interrupt your the hair pull now instead of just sitting there. Yes, yes, they do. It's excellent. Yeah, so that makes it tougher. So that's a difference. Um, there's a lot of newer enemies like Jake, um, the sumo guys, the ninjas. Like, and it's not a ton of newer guys, but it's like I would say half of them are new. And they didn't use all the classic guys, which is good. Like, you got about a, a good mix of classic and new. Um, they did the cla- the ultimate where they reskin a character too and they're more powerful. That's a classic retro trope. Um, I mean, that right there, there's 12 levels, which there's a tons of levels. Tons yes. of levels. I made a note of that too. Lots of levels. <laughs> Exclamation point. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them are kind of short, they go quick, but the game moves fast. It's a retro game. Once you get it down, you should be able to sit in one sitting and play through it. That's a classic Double Dragon game. Chop short is that helicopter level in Double Dragon 2, though, right? Exactly. It's pretty short. (laughs) That's the shortest level in the whole franchise, probably. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. As soon as you said that, I was thinking, like, leading the Obobos out the freaking door in the helicopter. Yes, Press and start. Thinking to the conveyor belt in Double Dragon 4, which goes back to the conveyor belt in the original Double Dragon, but did you lead the guys to try to walk off the conveyor belt while you played? Well, I was playing around so much with them and the cliffs. So when I made them walk off, that's when I could glitch the game out. Um, basically, when they walk out, walk over, not jump, but when they walk over, they'll get stuck at the edge of the conveyor belt and start going and flipping out. <laughs> like, I did it, like, multiple different playthroughs. It's so hilarious. Like, they get all fucked up. That's hilarious, because I, I just knocked them off the edge of it. Lead them over there, and let them, quote-unquote, walk off the conveyor belt, the part that's moving, and they will get stuck and start glitching, and you actually have to die to knock them off, though. That's the one thing that sucks. Really? Because you have oh, to put them wow. all the way on the edge, so in order to yeah. hit them, you're all the way Can't on the edge, and when you land, you fall off. Sucks. <laughs> That's another small difference is when you beat the section, the the hand that points doesn't make the ding, ding, ding anymore. It doesn't, yeah. See? There's so many differences that people don't... I mean, there's so many. There's uh, bad guys no longer uh, just to appear in groups of, of the same type. So actually, like, in the old school, bad guys would just appear like, okay, here's the like the Linda gang. Now we fight, like, two Lindas and then two more Lindas. So here's the William gang. Now we fight two Williams and two Williams, you know. (laughs) Then we fight, like, two Ropers. So you never see, like, a William and a Roper together. Yeah. That was uh, Double Dragon 3 was the first time where you would see that. Uh, Actually, an intermingling of the species. (laughs) The character species. (laughs) Species. (laughs) So that also leads me to the weapons. So let's say a Linda was carrying a whip. Once you got done with the two or three Lindas or whatever, then that whip would disappear. Yeah. So in this game, the weapons don't disappear in regards to whoever was carrying it. If you kill them you still keep the weapon. So that's awesome. Yes. Absolutely. And you can throw it or swing it, generally. Which is cool. Yeah, like, it was, it was interesting that the bat seemed kind of um, classic, but it's not overpowered anymore. 
It was always classic when you got it in the first Double Dragon. Boom! Yeah. <laughs> Damn! It always felt so good. It seems like the range is a little bit shorter on this one due to the sprite sizes. Yeah, you can throw the bat, too. Yeah, yeah, you can throw the bat. You can throw, like, everything. Um, did you uh, always break the big crates? A bubble of surprises in some of them. Some of them. Really? No, I never even thought about it. Yo, you can pick them up and throw them. Um, yeah, like, the crates, like, a couple of them have nothing. Like, one of them has, like, full of uh, grenades, and they all, like, some of them explode. Um, what? A couple of them have, like, an abobo inside, which you don't have to beat them to move on, but they're there, and they start destroying you. Which which level is the abobo one? Do you remember? Is it in the, the sumo? There's two of them. I think one of them... Yeah, one of them might be with the Sumos, and you got to fucking fight an extra Bobo in it. Yeah, when you have to go through the correct doors, and there's two Sumos, uh, there's a huge crate in that room, and then you go in the left door. Yeah. So, the, in that level that I'm talking about, um, so you have to go through three different rooms in the correct order. It's near the end. And you have to go through the middle door, the middle door, then the left door... But if you go through the wrong order, not only will you have to do sometimes the same screen over again, but they'll put you back. Oh, yeah, the it, it's a maze. Yeah. I think there's two spots where there's a maze. Um, I happened to find the right spot, the right path the first time, uh-huh. the first maze part. But the second one, I was like, man, this is a pretty long level. And I realized I was seeing the same thing twice, and it was a platforming spot. Yeah, that's exactly what I did. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. The fuck? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it, it didn't come out anywhere. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's a maze. So I just went the other way. Because it, it's not like there's like seven ways. It's like one left. It's like through the door to the right. Like So like it wasn't like it was brain surgery or anything. But if you but if you didn't know, you're going in circles. Exactly. At first, I thought like, oh, maybe they're cheesing out and like you have to do just two of the same room. They do that in some NES games. That's absolutely what I thought too. And then I went to it the third, going to it the third time. I'm like, oh no, there's a door here too. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then another thing, um, bad guys get hurt by the stage hazards. That's cool. That's excellent, yeah. Yeah, finally. <laughs> Get them destroyed. Now those gears, though. we got to talk about those fucking gears. That's oh, crazy, though. Yeah, they, the gears were, were interesting because they seemed easier than Double Dragon 2 because you could time them, because they had a consistent timing, whereas Double Dragon 2, especially the gears plus spikes... Um, that shit seemed random at times. Like, most of the time we get through them, no problem, but there was always that one playthrough where it would, like, fuck our lives up. Oh, yeah, dude. Like, oh, my God, are you kidding me? Everything was perfect up to that point. Yeah. And then everything, like, Led Zeppelin style. Fucking part. (laughs) (laughs) God damn it. Oh, so many times, though. Yeah, it was, like, hilarious, but I think in in this one, like, I just wanted to go through real fast, and I, I got knocked off a bunch of times, but the um, <laughs> second time I went... Oh, no, when I finally realized I could select a level, and I went and I looked there, I just sat there for a minute and watched it, and I'm like, oh, now I can go. And I went through and made it no problem every time. Like, never fell. Yeah, when you're doing it on that first first run, it's like, oh, jeez. Yeah. 
And and that's the thing. Like a lot of people that are negatively complaining about the game, I don't. I I think they're playing through it with a modern. I need to review the game real fast type aspect. And if you don't sit back and gain some enjoyment out of Double Dragon Four, you're gonna lose the appreciation. Like like I feel like we kind of have a good experience with Double Dragon 2 to the point where you've already earned our stripes. So we kind of know what to expect and how to approach the game, unlike others where they're just trying to review the game. Like, I don't know. It, it goes back to the guys who played Final Fantasy XV in, like, in like the first week and didn't sit back and enjoy the vast world. It's the same thing with Double Dragon 4, man. They're just not taking the time to learn the nuances figure out all the little quirks of the enemies, the platforming nuances, like, and then they're just shitting on the game. And they're forgetting how hard 1, one 2, and 3, especially 1 and 3, were, are. Absolutely. Like, the, they were super hard, like, that's a thing, and you want a challenge, though. You and, know? And, and the thing is, is, if the game was any easier, everybody would have still shit on it and said it was too easy. Oh, we got through it the first time. Like, it was way too easy. Now, they literally have to continue to be able to beat it. I don't know a ton of people that were reviewing it that got through it on the first play through all 12 levels. Like, even we didn't. Like, it was super cool that that, that happened. Yeah, there's, like, this special, like, limbo place where it's, like, Game Center CX with the Reno, where he'll play a game, and you play, you play like over an hour to get just to this one level just so you can try to make this little jump. Yeah. And then once you get over that jump, it's like, oh my god. Mm-hmm. What do we do now? Like we're 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 in this heralded place. It took us like over an hour just to get to this little platform and it's oh my god, we're here. That's why Game Center CX is amazing cuz he he like keeps he keeps playing until he, like, forever, and then he'll eventually get to that point. He plays until he hits exhaustion most of the time. Yeah, and he, but he gets super far. Like, he really does, like, in the grand scheme of things. Like, he gets to places he never would have thought he was going to get. Just from sheer determination. And that's what makes that show special, and that's what kind of makes Double Dragon special. Um, because it's like that. And the the difficulty is set correctly, it should be as hard as it is. Like, I shouldn't beat it the first time I play it. Beer Slinger style, that kind of would have pissed me off. Like, beat it through, I mean, from Jump Street, from the very first level. I almost think that um, us being able to continue was almost a mistake. I think that until you beat the game through the first time, you shouldn't be able to continue on any level. It gave it that Flash-like feel. Yeah, that's that's the new style console gaming, I want to play something new every week aspect. Because, like, I was, like I've said before in the cast, like, my wife plays GTA and she constantly loses people that are part of her crew um, because they're moving on to the next game real quick. And they always come back because they lose interest in everything so quickly. And I, I think that, like, man, I mean, the thing is, though, people would have shat on it because it's too hard then if if they did that if they didn't allow it because everybody would get to level 10 just like us and gears of war would have destroyed them they wouldn't have went through all the way from the beginning again i did 
because I didn't know you can continue. <laughs> and I still got to that point, and I died again, but I got a little further. I did get a little further, because the first time, the first couple gears, like, that's when I was on my last couple lives on my last continue. Um, the second time, I had a bunch of continues, and I got to, like, that door spot that you did when I was playing with Jim. But I made progress. So I know if I would have played again from the very beginning, I would have probably gotten past that level. And then we would have hit Double Dragon 2 when we would have bad luck with the spikes and the gears. And then you're going at that end-style gauntlet where you have all the freaking chins coming at you and all the madness. And then you fight the, the billion Jimmy clones and you're on your last couple lives because you lost them all with some bad luck on the fucking spikes. Oh, like, yeah. That we we would have hit that aspect because we would have hit the eleventh and twelfth level, um, fighting those bosses with little to no lives left. It would have been an excellent freaking experience, but they robbed us of that because they allowed us to continue at level nine. Like, <laughs> it's kind of like Final Fight. Final Fight for Super Nintendo's fucking hard, dude. But but you can fucking beat it. So there's certain times where you you won't even get past level three or four. And then all of a sudden you get yeah. you get this game. And you're like, wow, I, I I'm at like Abigail and shit. Fuck, I beat him. Oh my god, like oh no way. <laughs> That's just the thing about beat 'em ups that makes them unique. That yeah, maybe I'm just not that good at them, but like they're hard as shit. Well, like and Final Fight's fucking really hard. Like it's it's. Brutal. Oh, God. You can't make a mistake, though. Like, because, like, the Ondors will just hammer you. It's like the Abobos. They're just fucking, you're done, dude. Ondor Bobo. Speaking of the Abobo, so the Incredible Hulk Abobo yeah. appears at the end of Mission 6. Yes, yeah. It <laughs> what is it later? You get the Stone Abobo. Oh, he's tough, too. Yeah. It may have been just me, but he seemed, like, really strong. Now, is he Stone Abobo or is he Robo Abobo? <laughs> Oh shit! He's gotta be Robo Bobo. We got. We gotta say it's Robo Bobo, but <laughs> or Stone Robo Bobo. <laughs> Stone Robo Bobo. Stoned. <laughs> now the the one thing I did agree with someone said um, they were disappointed. Like, okay, so a Bobo is fucking like a beast, right? As he should be. Yeah, he should have been introduced. Is this one review? There was no like entrance for the first Bobo. Oh, like in Double Dragon 1 where he came out of the rocks. Yeah, there should have been like a, like a, oh shit, he's back. Instead, they're like, oh, they just grouped him in with a Roper and a William and a Linda or whatever. So it was kind of like they could have done better in that aspect of like, even with the final boss, like what, what we were talking about, same thing. Exactly. There's a sumo like guy, like, you know. Oh, okay. It's a tropical island. Let's put a Samoan dude like eating coconuts here too. Like <laughs> instead of making it like this epic like experience. Even the first Double Dragon, they're all Double Dragon one, two, and three. All the final bosses are fucking epic. There's they can't take that away. Oh yeah, yeah. Cleopatra, uh, Machine Gun Willie, and Jimmy, and then fucking uh, of course Shadow Master, one of the best boss battles of all time. So. So even though, like, I would have, you know, just from a NES classic perspective, would have preferred to have, like, a not be able to start on level 9 or 10, um, 
we we can go now with unlocking characters in the tower. We can go through as Obobos. And so there's like there's infinite replayability because we could do yes. every combo imaginable exactly. in the game. So like like literally that right there just makes it like so much extra. It's it's infinite extra. Like there's but that that makes it all the little nuances like basically not matter at all. <laughs> like it really doesn't. And I never thought I'd reference this game, but what N sixty four WCW versus NWO? Nice. The way, the way the move set is like if you know one guy, you can do. You know, okay, so you know Perry Saturn's moves. You can do Canyon's moves too. It's the same thing, but they're different moves when you do it. Yeah, it's not like yeah. Mortal Kombat where it's like, well, this guy is left, right, up. This guy is like up, up, down, up. It's it's like okay, you just hit this button and it does this this move. Each guy has a different one that this button does. That's what this game is. So every guy, if you know how to play good with one guy, you already have a really great start with every other guy. So um, I didn't know about the Billy and Jimmy like unique special moves in the game. Now, do all the other characters have a unique special move? That's a good question. Because I know. Um, I when I first heard about the the Shadow Master Shadow Boss was in the game, I watched um, a YouTube video of somebody playing as him. They were doing some crazy moves, so I don't know if those are just the headbutt you can just do them with the button press, or if that's the, like hold the punch or hold the kick to be able to do something crazy. Yes, yeah, so we're taking it far, man. See, that's the thing. We got to figure it all out. We 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 gotta fucking that that just means that there's still untapped potential. That we yes. can possibly tinker with, which makes th- that game just on another level. Like, I, I, like, I see all the reviews of threes out of fives and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, not even close, man. It's it's four point five to five. I think it's a five out of five for me. A plus game, just because it's our bread and butter, though. It's not necessarily going to be when Tyrion's bread and butter. He's over here live with us, <laughs> listening in. Hell yeah. What's going on? But I don't, I don't know if it's his bread and butter. But we have the history ingrained in this series, and more so Double Dragon Two than everything. Yeah, yeah. And someone, someone was saying this was like a Double Dragon Two hack, basically, which isn't all, isn't you know completely correct. But it, it's definitely Double Dragon Two is the most. Um, taken game i would say yeah yeah from that you know the most inspired um the one thing that someone else was saying i was reading a review no no parallax scrolling but i don't think any double dragon one two or three didn't have any parallax scrolling either yeah would have been cool you know the second level where you're on the semi or the oh yeah trailer or whatever that would have been cool to have the parallax there so so you want you want to blow blow the minds of the listeners like so there wasn't any parallax scrolling in double dragon 4 on the ps4 and the windows machines right in 2017 haunted halloween uh-huh. 86 last year on the nes had parallax scrolling when they did their own version of that same scene on the nes <laughs> there's beautiful right. parallax scrolling on that game and that oh, was programmed yeah, fuck yeah. on the nes last year by the amazingly talented retrotainment games like <laughs> that was a, another gripe that I read was like 
the backgrounds could have been a little more a little more oomph to them, a little more something, something, you know, that I guess, I mean, I think it was pretty, pretty well done. I kind of get what they're saying a little bit. Um, People were even going to complain as far as, you know, when you get onto that boat and it takes you across the water. Like, people were even complaining about that. Like, why is that even in the game? I think it's in the second, first or second level. I mean, it, it did, it did take a little bit too long. Yeah, it's just one of those weird things that I don't know, I guess they're just trying to add a little experience to the whole thing. That was a cool, too. There's like a story arc and it's total like 80s action movie style, you know, your little one-liner stuff in there and your sports car. And Well, the sports car was the car that was from the beginning of Double Dragon. Yes. Um, and which is from, I think it's Road Blaster, which was also an arcade game. Yes, it from is. From the same developer in, back in the day. Which So it's cool that they actually utilized it, though, at the beginning. <laughs> That's badass, man. For sure. I mean, the thing is, it's, it's, it's really just a, a nice love letter to the series. I mean, for seven bucks, that was the other thing that's interesting. Is like, okay, so back in the day, we'd pay 50 bucks, and we wouldn't even know what we were getting. Now we know what we're getting, and hopefully we'll pay seven bucks. What a what a flip-flop. What a dichotomy, right? Like, <laughs> Well, it's funny. It's like seven bucks back in the day at some places was a fucking weekend rental. So now you have the game forever for a weekend rental price. Like, where's the complaint at? I mean, the game has a full retro experience for it. It's cheap. It's seven bucks. Um, it has near infinite replayability if you like this like this series and genre because you can play as every character. Plus, we yeah. can play through tower mode together to see how far we can get. Like, it's we'll literally have forever to play with the game. I don't really understand where people are saying it's like a a joke or a parody type game. Either hmm. that was an, like like another thing that was like this is just like a parody type game. It's like no, it's I see it more like a fan service. You know, let's let's do something for the old school. I think that some some people just don't know how to comprehend the difference between you know giving something fan service or tributing something and parodying it because some of the stuff that maybe they reference they think it's kind of funny. Possibly, yeah, and I think the. Two programmers from Technos had a part in creating this game as well. The, and, and the music guy, too, I believe. So that's that's the other thing. Let's, the, the music guy and I believe see. two of the programmers were Technos so, employees who worked on the original Double Dragon stuff. So the, the director of Double Dragon 4 is Yoshihisa Kishimoto. Um, he is was involved with Technos. He's the original creator of Double Dragon and the Kunio Kun games. So when Tiran mentioned that he was always a River City Ransom guy, the guy who made this was also involved with um, Re- Renegade, the original version before River City Ransom. Yes. He's also involved with River City Ransom Underground, which was the kind of new reimagining of the series for uh, newer gen games. Mm-hmm. That's huge, though, to know. Yeah, he's the director, so he's heavily involved with with making this. That's awesome. So, so if if you look down what he's been involved with, not only was he involved with Road Blaster, which we mentioned, and Renegade, and Double Dragon, and Super Dodgeball, but Double Dragon on the NES, 
Double Dragon 2 in the arcade and on the NES. WWF Superstars on the arcade. Double Dragon 3 on both the arcade and the NES. WWF WrestleFest. Um, Super Double Dragon. The Combative Tribes on the Super Nintendo. Awesome fucking beat em up. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a cool one. I got that. Shin Neketsu Koa, Koa, which is basically the Kunio-kun uh, Super Nintendo version. Um, like, so many games that he was involved with. Like, so this guy's involved. You know, no big deal. So <laughs> they're saying that they're just stealing from stuff. Yeah, they're stealing from shit. They have the original guy doing it, man. Yeah, like, holy shit. Like, there's so much history involved. We should also talk about a little bit of the um, the YouTube dichotomy. The gu- the guy's literally based on YouTube semantics, atmospherics, watching numbers and views and all that stuff. They literally have to put out reviews as fast as possible. Like, we're recording this because we love the series. They were doing the review because it was new and trendy, and people would go view their stuff immediately. So they had to get it out quick. They had to make quick judgment calls based on their experiences, which is what people listen to them and watch them for. But they're going to miss a lot of the nuances because they're going at it in such a quick fashion. Um, there's, there's one aspect we gotta talk about, our buddy Schlong, Sean Long, we call him Schlong. Yeah, yeah, screen tearing. So yeah, in his review, which was the first review I saw too, he says, oh, there's so much screen tearing, it made it unplayable. My thing is, I saw virtually no screen tearing in the PS4 version. Did you see any screen tearing on the Steam version? No, dude. None. Perfect. Because I played on, on mine and I didn't have any screen tearing, so I'm thinking that... Like, screen tearing can be just simply not having your system or your TV in game mode. He His TV might not be in game mode, and he could be judging some of these games, like, based on the video aspects. And it could be worse because it's a retro-style game. I did quotation fingers were on audio, but <laughs> retro-style game. Yeah. And it, it could be noticeable in how they program that one based on not being in game mode. But, I mean... That's a, a pretty big judgment because he has a lot of viewers and and so now everybody who watched that, if you didn't play the game, you might just be like, Oh, I'm not gonna play this, it's unplayable. And he said it was unplayable for him. Yeah. It's a big deal, and we saw none of that. Yeah. Unbearable screen tearing. Like, jeez. <laughs> like I didn't see like, anything. Mm mm, me neither. Like, I don't know what that was, but that was an interesting one, because you mentioned it, like, out of the blue, and I remember him saying that, like, specifically, and it stuck out in my mind, and then... Yeah. And so I had a... I didn't even buy it on launch, because that was the first one I saw, but then I saw the, um, James and Mike and other dude play. Ryan. And they had... They they are, like, as we always said, the Angry Video Game Nerd is like us. Like, his thought process in games... The quips he would make, the uh, the ways he would tear apart a, a quote-unquote crappy game, even though we know he likes them. But the ways he would do that are the same thought process we would go through. So when they played it, they were having a fucking blast playing. And I was like, yep, I need to get this game now. Because, like, they're playing it exactly like we would. And they, they had no complaints, no, no, no graphical issues, no screen tearing. They didn't complain about all... 
all the stuff that everybody complained about online. They weren't complaining about any of that. They were just having freaking fun. That's a good point, too. No screen tearing on their end, either. No. So it's definitely a tech issue, setting, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Localized. Yeah, absolutely. So so (laughs) would you knock it down at all on anything? Okay, so... One of the reviews that I was reading made a point where it's like nothing was as cool as like the steam engine in Double Dragon Two. Like it came out like that boss. Oh, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, I guess I give it an A instead of an A plus because if the like even just like the eyes that would appear and disappear in level six in Double Dragon Two. No, no, you're 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 right though. Little shit like that, like little touches, man. So, so you're talking about like the the artistic aspects. Yeah, it, it, you're 100 percent right because it's the same thing with them not having a epic boss reveal at the end, or yeah. not having a Bobo come out in a dramatic fashion because it's the classic Bobo back and not the Mexo Bobo that was in part two, like. <laughs> Like, it was literally, like, they did none of that. They didn't have the eyes, which you're right. They didn't have the little truck coming out. They didn't have, like, a lot of stuff. They did have an elevator, a couple elevators. You can go up and down, which is a classic throwback. But it wasn't, there was no, like, big things. It was just, you basically were going through the levels. Kind of reminded me more of, like, a Super Double Dragon style. Because they kind of did that a lot in Super Double Dragon. There wasn't anything as, like classic as you would have in part two and part three actually part three had a lot too yeah it was uh they had the helicopter though so we got to give it credit for that yeah and you were on the you were on that truck so that was cool like on a moving vehicle definitely do have to say that there were a lot of cool moments yeah, um, but even like the first time you fought Jake, because you had Jake on the helicopter, it's like, oh shit, look at this new badass bad guy. Yeah, where's he going? In the casino, yeah. he just pops out, like just oh, there's Jake, and you beat him first. <laughs> yeah, it's the same with you, a Bobo. Like they, there should just been a little presentation, like and the females at the end. Like this guy is a you know a badass kind of thing, like. Yeah. Even when they show Hulkabobo, he's just sitting in the control room. Here he is. Like, like they didn't do any, like, reveal. A little bit of pomp and circumstance we want. We want a little Ric Flair coming out in a robe style, going woo all over. <laughs> it's just nice because that's true fan service. That's like the A-plus fan service where, you know, it's like your Splatterhouse for Famicom. Where it's just over the top, yeah. like, here you go. Over the top. Over the top. crazy as we can make it. So I th- I think us playing two player is gonna be a-, a game changer because of the combos. We've always wanted that, but it's right. Like it needs a little bit of polish, um, and of course they need to get with the times and just give us some online multiplayer. Like like for us saying that that's a big deal because we don't fucking play new shit. But it's like literally. If we could sit here via Steam Link up and play Double Dragon 4 without having to physically travel across the country to play together, like, that would be excellent. And it does drop it down to an A territory. I don't even think I would drop it down to an A minus just because I enjoyed the shit out of it, and we still have more to uncover just from us playing together. But it's definitely no A plus because there's just so many little things that we would perfect. Overall, though, like, super awesome, you know? Absolutely, man. 
Definitely. Uh, I'm so glad that you you caught this one because mm-hmm. we're we're gonna have like infinite fun with it. It's like a Fire Pro Double Dragon game. Absolutely. Yeah, because you can go through. You got your tower mode. You got your fight mode, and you got your actual story mode. You can play through with all the different dudes. I mean, it's totally your Fire Pro Double Dragon. Yeah, yeah. it's gonna be amazing. Like, and and the thing is, is that every time we hang out now, we gotta. Instead of playing Double Dragon 2, we can play Double Dragon 2 and then Double Dragon 4. And we can literally play through story with whomever, and it's fun. And I did want to cover that, too, where, like, so... Super Double Dragon is really Double Dragon 4. It's the fourth... It's supposedly the fourth game. Well, it's the fourth console release. Because, actually, the Game Boy ones were released in there, and they are different games, so... (laughs) That's a weird one, too, because I think... Double Dragon 2 for Game Boy has the cover of Double Dragon 3. It does, and it's a different game than both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, dude. I love it. I think it's perfect how they slotted Double Dragon 4 just right in there. Now, um, I did have to say it does take place in modern times, because there's a flat screen in the bar, Club uh, Linka. Oh, yeah. Good old Link. So there's a flat screen in there. That's really the only thing that, like, dates it. <laughs> Trying to make it retro, you guys slipped up. Slipped yeah, up. flat Got screen em. in the bar. Got him. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, I didn't notice that. That's that's really getting down to Louise. I love it. <laughs> yeah, that's the, fir- that's the first sumo guy. It's just one, the boss. Yeah, yeah, I know the, the first reveal. I know exactly where you're talking. I didn't notice the flat screen. Yeah. Check it out next time. <laughs> well, like every every new bar or BW threes now all, all over the place, they got flat screens. So exactly, so that's funny. Yeah, that's a that's that's a classic nuance nowadays. That's super cool though that you, you dated it now. So like I guess Super Double Dragon take place like way in the future. <laughs> Who knows? Oh uh, yeah, it's the thing though. Is that, like the, the interesting part is is if you. Yeah, th- if you shoehorn Double Dragon Four there and move Double Dragon Super Double Dragon to Double Dragon Five, well, Double Dragon Five is actually on Super Nintendo <laughs> as Double Dragon Five. Yeah, this Shadow so, Falls. It's like the Street Fighter. It's based on the cartoon series. Well, it's kind of like the Neo Geo, how it has the fighting. Well, because there there is the Double Dragon on Neo Geo. Yes, Burnov. I'm just disappointed, too, that we couldn't knee-burn-off Helmet Head off of anything throughout that game. There, I don't think there was a spot where you can knee him off of a cliff like we did in Part 2. <laughs> Classics. <laughs> and he he doesn't reappear after you kill him the first time. Which he should. He's more of like a gimmick. Nice. Ooh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> so he's more of a gimmick, you know. He's more of the burn-off style from the arcade, which is ironic because they're completely mirroring this off of the NES ones and not the arcade. Very weird. Yeah, it's total NES style. Yeah, I I, I think it's an interesting mix of everything. I, I like that they went to NES because, I mean, that's our bread and butter. Um, I understand why other people had room to complain because that's the law of the land nowadays is people like to to moan about things or find things to pick on because you can't, everything can't be perfect and got it i understand yeah i mean it's just a sign of progression and mm-hmm. evolution really i mean 
If we were satisfied, nothing would ever get better. That's the thing. Oh, exactly. So I guess that's the grand scheme, like, Confucius look, Kyle Fucius look at it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's the thing, too, is that, like, just because we give it an A, um, when Taron over here might give it a B, I, I, I don't know. Like, some of the other listeners on the podcast might say these guys are have way too much fucking rose-colored glasses on right now talking about this game, and guess what? We do. <laughs> like, we, we love this shit. You know what I mean? It's not... There's no denying that we, we love the series. It's just um, one of those things where when people are spouting off things like screen tearing or oh, the only new thing is that it has its own jump button, it's like, okay, you're using definitives here. Like, we, um, we're, we're going to destroy that thought. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with just playing a game the first time and not beating it. Like, isn't that what's supposed to happen? It's almost yeah. like, what What do you want? So if you're reviewing the game and saying you got, you know, ganged up on in the later levels and you got your ass kicked, like, isn't that supposed to happen? I mean, if it was too easy, then they would say the game was too easy. So it's a, it's a, it's a crazy dichotomy. It was like when, um, Greg, Greg and Tim were telling me that, oh, people were, actually, they sat in the podcast, the, the birds are too hard. I was like, the birds are perfect. They shouldn't be easy. We can time them and get them down. That means somebody else can learn that and time it and get it down. Like, you don't need to to make the game easy just because a couple people that tested it are complaining. Because then they'll complain it's too easy. <laughs> yeah, once you take away an element, I don't think they understand, like... It, it's like the game has its own ecosystem. Yeah. The balance of, like, Ninja Gaiden with the birds. If you take that away... Now what do you have that's like, you know, an extreme difficulty? Nothing, really. No. Until the later levels with those little bastards that jump around and go crazy. The little bastards. (laughs) (laughs) Little crawly bastards. But, I mean, until then, like, (laughs) it's just, it's kind of like you need that element to round everything out. Yeah, it's this thing with challenge and people wanting to win, and I mean... You pay $50 for a game, you pay $7 for a game. I think both should be challenging. I don't know if they expect you pay 7 it's going to be less challenge. Like, I don't know like what they're expecting. Shouldn't you want to aspire to, okay, I couldn't beat this the first day, now tomorrow I'm going to go at it and get farther? Like, yeah. you're advancing your skill? I don't know. I mean, and we might be biased as well because we play retro all the time. We don't play the newer stuff, so we're not used to having a hundred plus hours on a freaking fifty, sixty dollar purchase. We're used to playing freaking Super Nintendo game that we can sit down and play in a sitting. Well, I guess here's a big insight for me tonight: would be if it wasn't hard, there wouldn't be a difference between good and great as far as like players go. So if yeah. if the game wasn't hard, then everyone would be good at the game and then it wouldn't even be who, who even wants to play it now anyway because everyone's great at it it's like if you bowled and you got a 300 every single game like why would you even go bowling yeah it would it would cancel itself out like a fraction because there's no point anymore because there's no challenge so that's what <laughs> uh, people have got to realize that that's ultimately a game is supposed to have challenge without that it's not a game it's a cakewalk <laughs> like it's it's hopscotch, you know, I don't know. 
So that's my thing. Go hopping and hopping and scotch and <laughs> drink some scotch too. Oh hell yeah. Scotchy scotch scotch. So I guess that's that's what I'd say. But yeah, I'd, I'd give it an A. I'd give it an A. Um, I agree, man. Like definitely a uh, top mocks from the bullshit masters today for the uh, Double Dragon Four for sure. And it's just one of those things. Like I mean. Give us something. Give us something more than some some bullshit reason why you don't like it. Like we, I I hundred percent am on par and agree with the the couple that you brought up where it needed to have a little more polish to it. They needed to give it a little bit extra. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that's what's good. I I didn't want to completely suck and stick. You know? Yeah, and you can't because. Yeah, like there, there's room for improvement. I mean, and of course, the lack of local multiplayer like is just unacceptable with a tiny game like that. And the fact that it's it's not like they would recreate the wheel; that it's, it's literally the framework's there. Yeah, it's so odd. They could have applied it. Like, I don't, I don't get it. But yeah, so so what I want is I want an update with some freaking crazy ass enemy reveals, more bosses, freaking four player online multiplayer. Done. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be cool to add the block catch move where you could block a guy's attack. Yes, and one extra move. But now what I wonder is like, okay, so there's a, there's a hundred levels to the tower. Yeah. I wonder if um, any of the programmers can beat, can get all the way single player past you know level one hundred. I bet they probably can. I don't know. Um, Maybe I don't know because that's what makes that's how you know the game's truly balanced. If they've like done it, yeah, um, it'd be cool to like interview him. Yeah, <laughs> to get that guy, that one guy. Too bad he's it'd be like you know Japanese, but yeah, just to pick some of those people's brains, man. I'm telling you, yeah, it's badass though, dude. Thank you for listening to VGBS. We appreciate everybody taking the time to get through this whole uh, arduous podcast. We love it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If you want to correspond with us, you can email us at bgbspodcast at gmail.com. We also have a phone number. It is 262264BGBS. You can leave us a voicemail, shoot us a text message, um, whatever you want to do, correspond. Also, comment on us, shoot us a message on Facebook, Twitter, Google+. We love hearing what people um, think about the podcast. All right, see you later. Woo! Later!